0: A shed and the lash A bear witness Muhammad is al Haya ala al Allah
1: Inna alhamdulillah, na'madahu wa nasta'inuhu wa billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina
2: man yahdihillahu falamudilla lah, wa man yudlil falamudilla lah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa allahu
1: wahdahu la sharikala lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Amma my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I begin, as always, with a reminder that we should have taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means that we should be conscious of Allah, we should fear Allah, and we should protect ourselves from Allah's anger and His wrath. As he tells us in the Qur'an, Ya amanu, walla Tamutunna illa wa antum He says, O you who believe, have taqwa in Allah, as He's worthy of having taqwa in. And do not allow yourself to pass, except that you're in a state of Islam, or a state of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on this blessed day of Jum'ah, and on this still very pivotal, very difficult, very intense moment in the history of the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we ask Allah to send an abundance of peace and prayers upon our Most Beloved. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala Habibina Muhammad, وَعَلَىٰ I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with our brothers and sisters in Palestine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rain down upon them His mercy. May He envelop them in His mercy. May He protect them with His mercy and His might. May He give their heart steadfastness. And may He grant them ease in the midst of this trial. And may He end this trial upon them very soon. And may He use us to alleviate their suffering and their difficulty and not cause us to be a means of increasing it for them. Allahumma ameen. You know, my dear brothers and sisters, in the late phase of the Prophet's time in Mecca, there were several chapters, surah of the Qur'an that were revealed. And once Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu asked our beloved Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I see in your face these days a sign of aging. It looks like you've been um, withered down a little bit. Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet wasallam said, Hud wa That the chapter of the Qur'an named Hud and its sisters, its siblings, meaning the chapters that were revealed along with it, have caused me this concern, this anxiety, this feeling. They have caused me to grow gray in my hairs, meaning that they put a weight on top of me. And these chapters, as I mentioned, were revealed at a time in Mecca when the persecution was getting significantly harder upon our beloved messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. By all accounts, this is after many of his followers had already had to leave and flee to Abyssinia. These are the, the last set of surah, just a few years before he had to eventually leave himself. And you can tell in the messaging of the chapter that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is preparing him for this reality, that you might lose soon, you might have to leave soon. The persecution is ratcheting up. And these surah have some interesting commonalities between them. One of them is that they spend a lot of time discussing the stories of the powerful nations of the past. So in Surah Hud, Surah Yunus, Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the story of Sayyidina Hud, Qaum Ad. He talks about the story of Sayyidina Saleh, Qaum Thamud. He talks about Qaum Madian, Sayyidina Shu'aib. He talks about Qaum Lut, alayhi salam. He talks about Musa and Fir'aun, la'na And so one has to ask themselves, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this moment in the Prophet's life, keep bringing up these stories? And at the heart of the reason why, is that Allah was reminding our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu wasallam about the total power of Allah and the power of la ilaha illallah. And I'll flesh that out a little bit. You see, Allah goes over and over again to tell the Prophet, and quite often Allah does this in rapid succession. He says there was a time when Hud came to Ad, and Ad was mighty on the earth. They were the most powerful nation that ever existed. No one more powerful existed before them. And about Allah says, Allah gave them a greatness even in their bodies, as some of the ulama say, the mufassineen. That even their, their, just their physical traits, Allah had given them blessings in them. They were bigger than normal, they were more powerful than normal. And they had more power than anyone on earth, and still, Allah destroyed them. But Allah says, and then it goes to Qon Thamud. And Saleh alayhi tells Thamud, Allah brought you to power after he destroyed Ad. Will you not take the lesson from Ad? And Thamud again oppresses and corrupts. And eventually Saleh promises them with their destruction. And they are destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then comes Medyan. And Shu'aib alayhi salam gives them the same reminder. Won't you learn? Won't you heed the lesson of Ad? Won't you heed the lesson of Thamud? And yet again, Madian is destroyed. And then Lut gives the same message to his people. And then Allah reminds him about Musa and Fir'aun. And eventually, Fir'aun is destroyed as well by Allah. The first manifestation of this reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-powerful and the power of La Ilaha Illallah is that Allah was telling the Quraysh at that time, you are powerful, you are mighty, you're oppressing Muhammad, you're suppressing him, you have control over the land. People listen to you, your institutions are there, your finances are there. Yes, you have all the power, but the people before you had power too. And when Allah wanted, Allah removed them. And it was not difficult for Allah to do that. And so we say to the tyrants of today, we see your power, we see your might, we see the axis of the world's power all directed on a 25 by 5 mile strip, all of it diverging upon it at once. And we say, wallahi, there are nations before you far more powerful than you and their power was only given to them by Allah and Allah destroyed them and ended it and one day your time will come to an end every nation's time comes to an end every civilization's time comes to an end your power is no guarantee of anything Allah was reminding Quraysh then and we remind them today your time will come to an end like it or not if you stay in your arrogance, you will be destroyed in totality by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you heed the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can be saved. Now Allah was giving the reverse message to the believers of those times. And specifically the Sahaba with Muhammad sallallahu Allah was reminding them, don't let your lack of power today distract you from the fact... That Allah eventually turns the tages of time. Quraysh's time will come, O oh Muhammad. Ya Abu Bakr, Ya Umar. Quraysh is suppressing you and oppressing you and killing you today. Wallahi, their time will come. Your mission is to stay firm on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to do. So stay firm. You don't see it. What fascinates me too is that Quraysh was not destroyed. The way Hud was destroyed, the way the people of Hud were destroyed. Quraysh was not destroyed the way Qom Thamud were destroyed. Allah did not destroy them. He didn't send the punishment upon them. So why bring up these examples? Why not tell the Prophet, don't worry, one day they will believe in you. Allah was telling the believers at that time, you don't have to know how this is going to end, but you should know it will end. It will end. Allah remains in control. It will end. And so to the believers of today, don't worry about how bleak it may look at the moment, and I personally do not think it looks bleak, walhamdulillah. But this was a particularly hard week if you're following the news of the day. No matter how bleak it may look, wallahi, the pages of time will turn, Allah will bring an end to every oppressive regime. At one point or another, wallahi, He will. May we live to see the end of this oppression, inshallah. But it will come to an end. My job and your job, keep working, keep striving, keep moving. Don't let the disparity in power ever discourage you, or confuse you, or lead you to think that it's meaningless or futile. It is never meaningless or futile. Neither Sayyidina Hud, nor Sayyidina Sal- Salih, nor Sayyidina, um, say, Sayyidina Muhammad, Shu'ayb, nor Sayyidina Lut a.s. ever overcame their enemies themselves. Nor did Musa a.s. overcome his enemy on his own. None of them raised armies against them. None of them pushed them off themselves. All of them came. The destruction was immediate. It was a miracle from Allah. None of them got to see it in the way that Muhammad sallallahu s.a.w. got to experience it which I've mentioned so many times, was one of the great miracles of Muhammad. His enemies became his most the people who love him the most. It was one of his great miracles, salatu But eventually Allah will bring their end. But another fascinating reality about these suwar is that Allah recounts the story of Musa and Firaun and in specific, He recounts the story of the magicians of Firaun. And just as a brief reminder, of the story. Musa salam gets sent to Fir'aun. And Allah gives him these ayat, these signs. He gives him the staff that when he throws it, turns into a serpent. He gives him the power that when he hides his hand and brings it out, it becomes light and so on. And Musa salam goes to Fir'aun and debates with him. And when the debate doesn't do it, Musa shows them these miracles. And the court of Fir'aun, the consultants of Fir'aun, the viziers, tell him, these are nothing but magicians. So let's prove to everyone that these are nothing but magicians. And so they tell Firaun, send a caller out, send a crier out. Have him bring to you the best magicians that your empire has. And the magicians are brought to Firaun. And he tells them, I want you to engage in this competition with Musa. We say, alayhi And the magicians ask him, what's in it for us? What do we get? And he tells them, I'll give you riches, I'll give you wealth, I'll give you position, I'll give you power, I'll give you status. You will become a part, the the closest part of my apparatus. And on that basis, they agree. And Firaun himself creates this spectacle for all of Egypt to see. Musa on one side, the magicians on the other. And Allah says the magicians throw their staffs and they deceive the eyes of the people with their magic and their magic is so strong people actually believe what they're seeing is reality and the law says it terrified them it struck terror into the hearts of the people watching now i ask you from the news of this past week do you not see the parallels the power that this enemy has the power that it has to deceive the masses and did it not strike fear into the hearts of some people all of these people of Egypt now have their hearts stricken. Even Musa, السلام, Allah tells us in the Qur'an, there is a little bit of fear in the heart of Musa. And Allah commands Musa, don't fear. Throw your staff, it will devour what they did. Allah commands Musa, throw the staff. Musa throws the staff, alayhi salam. And it devours everything that they did. And not only that, But the magicians themselves, who came on the promise that they will be close to Pharaoh, knowing that they were liars and deceivers, prostrated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately, at that moment. This wasn't something that happened later. It happened in front of the people of Egypt. The very people there to prove that Musa was a liar, end up proving his honesty and his truthfulness. They bow down and they prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say there's no way that this is magic. This is something else entirely. And then Firaun, Allah, decides again. He has to find a way to deceive. So he comes up with a story. These people, the magicians, that, now he brought them. The magicians are with Musa The magicians are in league with him. Again, subhanallah at the parallels. Everyone who speaks out today against the genocide taking place, everyone who speaks out today against the oppression taking place, against the reality of this tyranny, or it's called what? You all know the H word that we're all supposed to condemn constantly. Everyone who takes a stand is automatically considered a terrorist too. It's all just one big conspiracy against this small nation that they, they present as having no power. Look at the parallel, subhanAllah. And then Fir'aun alayhi salam ends up telling the, uh, he ends up questioning the magicians in front of everyone Do you believe in him before I allow you to? And their immediate response is We believe in Allah and we believe in the God of Musa and Harun alayhi salam. And they tell him, Do with us what you will. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the patience that we need to stand firm on the truth. Look at this 180. Look at this reversal. Look at how quickly La ilaha illallah takes the very people who were pushing the narrative of Fir'aun and brings them to the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely devastated. Allah actually says in Surah Al-Araf about this moment. He says, فَوَقَعَ الْحَقُّ وَبَطَلَ Thus the truth was established and their doings proved in vain. وَانْقَلِبُوا Pharaoh and his people were defeated and put to shame. Now some of the mufassirin make an interesting comment here. Allah says it was at this moment, this moment that Fir'aun lost. The truth was established, the falsehood was made clear. And Firaun lost at that moment, he became debased. But Firaun reigned for years and years. In the Quran, we're told the rest of the story. The seven plagues that were sent, year after year after year. Maybe another decade went by with Firaun in power. Maybe a whole another decade went by with Fir'aun in power. But Allah says, it was that moment when the deception of Fir'aun was made clear, he had already lost, he just didn't know it. He was already debased, he just didn't know it. Again, I ask you, my dear brothers and sisters, are the parallels not apparent to you? Look at how the narrative has been completely broken and shifted. As one of our ulama, one of the scholars from Britain said this week, This is the first time in his lifetime he says that government has been established as a reference for evil. It's a monument to evil throughout the history of humankind. It's one of the new references, just like the Nazis of old. It's one of the new references of evil. When people are going to talk about how evil humanity can be, they're going to point to what happened to the Palestinians and say that's how evil humanity can be. And that in and of itself is Allah turning the pages of time. Say Alhamdulillah. And my dear brothers and sisters, please move up. Make space for your brothers in the back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was making it clear. Yes, it took another decade perhaps for Pharaoh's rule to end. But it actually ended at that moment. When his ability to deceive and convince the people. When the truth of reality became clear, that's when they actually lost. But there's another reflection I want us to remember today. And it has to do specifically with the miracles. You know, Salih alayhi salam, his miracle was counted just a few ayat before this in Surah Al-Araf. And as, as, as some of the Mufassirin say, the miracle of Salih alayhi salam was the camel. And what was the miracle of the camel? His people challenged him, if your God is real, Why don't you produce a camel out of that boulder and they pointed to a boulder. Now let's take a pause here. The people of Saleh, their great power was that they had some method of building their cities in the mountains. And it gave them these great fortresses fortresses of strength where they couldn't be overcome by others. So they were able to manipulate rocks. And so the miracle they asked for had to do with manipulating rocks, but not carving something inside of it, bringing life out of it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did it for them. He produced a camel. Not another structure, but a camel, a living being. And not just that, a camel that happened to be, by their own request, 10 months pregnant. It came out of the rock already, ready to give fruit and produce more. If you go back to the, the, the miracle of Musa, salam, why did Allah give him a staff that turns into a serpent and this thing of the hand? As the ulama say, the great power of the Egyptians was this ability to perform magic, to deceive people. And so Allah gave Musa salam, a miracle that looked like their magic, that seemed like it came from the plain place of their magic. But it wasn't magic, just like the camel wasn't born from the rock. What about Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Why was his miracle the Quran? One of the reasons, the ulama say, was that Quraysh's great achievement was the achievement of poetry of language, and so Allah gave him this beautiful prose. But as some of the greatest leaders of Quraysh, the greatest poet, uh, poets of Quraysh used to say, they used to say amongst themselves in the nadi when they would call him a poet. Some of them will say, none of you know poetry the way I know poetry. And wallahi, what Muhammad brought is not poetry. Wallahi, what he brought is not poetry. If it was poetry, we could compete with it. I don't know what he's saying half the time. I don't know how he produces this. I don't know how he can bring such value and such meaning out of such few words. Quite often, the miracles that Allah sent, they looked very similar to what their people achieved. They overlapped that time. Musa's miracles looked like magic, but as the magician said, they weren't magic. The primary difference, just to make this point clear, some of you are looking at me with confused faces. The primary point, Musa came with a complete reliance on the Qudra of Allah. It is the power of Allah. Even when the magicians did their magic, Musa knew the staff will turn into a snake. He didn't throw it until Allah commanded him. Throw it and then he threw it and it became a snake later when Fir'aun was destroyed did Musa know what to do? I mentioned the story a few weeks ago Fir'aun is bearing down on him Baniya Said is telling him we're ruined Allah tells him strike the sea with your staff what in the world is striking the sea with your staff going to do? it does nothing but the Qudra of Allah takes over the power of Allah becomes manifest and that's when the miracle comes out it looks like what they did But it's not what they did. When you rely on Allah, it will sometimes look like what your enemies are doing. But it is nothing like it. When you rely on La Ilaha Illallah, Allah will make miracles happen. Allah will make miracles happen that will look like what your enemy is doing. They will come with all of their lies. They will come with all their false narratives. Our mission is to stay firm on the truth and to stay firm on what Allah commanded us to do and that is to call to la ilaha illallah to everyone, come back to your senses come back to humanity bring your heart back to the nur of Allah so it can feel filled with the nur that it's aching for and calling for so that this earth can have its humanity back come back to Allah if we stay firm on that Allah will cause miracles to happen. It'll look like propaganda, but it's not propaganda. They will spread their lies, we will spread our truth. It will look similar, but it will be nothing like each other. And where their lies, their lies fall flat, our truth will remain. And person after person after person will see it for what it is. And that's what I'm seeing happening right now in front of us even in this last week. Every time they release a lie, none of us even have to speak. People themselves see the lie for what it is. For decades, those of us who have been paying attention never saw anything like this. They would lie and their lies would be convincing and believed. Now they lie and before the lie is even finished, before the sentence is complete, people can already see through the lie. And when we speak our truth, person after person after person begins to come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not because you and I are masters of propaganda. It's not because you and I have some massive institution and money behind us. Inshallah, it's because we rely on the qudra of Allah, on the power of Allah and nothing else. It looks the same, but it's nothing like one another. So stay firm, my dear brothers and sisters. Stay firm on the mission that Allah has given you and I. Our time, our mission right now, our role right now on the earth is to speak openly and honestly about the truth of La ilaha illallah and the specifics of that oppression and all of the oppression like it put forth by the same powers. And if we keep doing that, we will see miracle after miracle after miracle of Allah unfold, unfold in our lifetime. You know my dear brothers and sisters, as I watch this debate unfold over the definition of terms this week about what anti-Zionism really is and whether or not we're all just hateful people who just have some predisposition to hate a group of people because of who they are, rather than hating the oppression that's taking place. One thing that I kept reminding myself of was that I cannot fall into the same game that they are playing. And I've been saying this for weeks and I'm going to keep repeating it. Well, We have plenty of allies in this fight for freedom and liberation. We have plenty of allies in this push for justice, walhamdulillah. But many of our allies do not have the same ethical framework, the same morals that you and I have. Many of them have their morals, at least philosophically, grounded in the same cul-de-sac that they, our enemies, have. This game that they're playing, who gets to define themselves as a victimized group? Who gets to define themselves as a beleaguered minority is not a game that we need to play it's not where we draw our ethics from it's not where we draw our morality from we draw our morality from la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah we look to the book of allah and the sunnah of our prophet if they say do it we do it if they say stay away from it we stay away from it allah said push back against oppression we'll push back against it I don't care if I'm a beleaguered minority or not. I don't care if you see me as an oppressor or not. I don't care who you are, how you were born, what your parents' nationality was, what their ethnic makeup was. does not matter to me. That's not my source of morality. And we have to remain firm on that, especially to the college students in the audience. We have already entered into a time where you are on the main battlefield of this fight in America. In this coming phase, the institutions of learning in this country are going to be under a severe attack. And the college students amongst us are going to feel it the most. Do not buckle, my dear brothers and sisters. And this masjid and your leaders, I will be with you. The shayukh will be with you, inshallah. But do not buckle and do not give in to their forms of morality. Stay firm on La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And what that means is when we speak, We speak from a place of revelation. We begin from the sunnah of Muhammad unabashedly. We assert our ethics directly. And I'll tell you why it's important. Because at the end of the day, it's not the most immediate path to liberation. But the path to full liberation only comes through La Ilaha Illallah. If we're going to play this game the way they play it, we're going to change one oppression for another. Because everything built on anything other than Allah will end in oppression. It will end in oppression. And we're witnessing it right now. How many of us, forget about the non-Muslims, how many of us in this masjid believed that liberalism, the age of enlightenment, the age of reason, had produced some great morality that humanity had never seen before? How many of us born in this country believed in that? Explicitly or implicitly? I would venture to say all of us, if not all of us, the majority of us believed in that. And many of us for the last two months have now seen, even with all of their enlightenment, with all of their reason, with all of their humanities, they still cannot bring themselves to care about the the bombs dropping on a Palestinian child. While our children are being destroyed, they're worried about Fairly or unfairly, they're worried about what some college student on some campus felt. A slogan hurt their feelings in some way or another. They can't bring themselves to condemn the murder of babies. And meanwhile, they want to lecture us on morality and decency and goodness. You're all seeing. Who thought these humanities, these liberal ideas that achieved something great were right back where humanity always ends up when it leaves Allah? It ends up in a place of corruption and tyranny. If we want complete liberation from them, we have to make sure we stay firm on La ilaha illallah as the beginning, as our jumping off point, always and forever. Now, to get very practical, I've said this at the end of every khutbah and I'm going to say it again today. What does this mean for us practically? What should I be doing specifically? First and foremost, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone has to ask themselves again and again and again Am I living my life for Allah? Or am I living my life for something else? Because you can't preach La ilaha illallah if you don't live it. Have I been living for my material comforts, or have I been living to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Number two, lean into your brothers and sisters. Lean into the community. Be with one another. You will find great strength in your brothers and sisters. You will find great strength in your institutions and in your communities. Number three, if you're not already on a path of learning start learning your religion because we're entering into an age of great confusion where the great powers of the world that have defined the world for the rest of us are now having trouble defining it for themselves there's going to be some great confusion if you don't want to be swept up in the confusion learn the deen of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger and then lastly do good whatever small good you can do to push forward the word of la ilaha illallah, continue to do it. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ are the only group that are saved in the Quran. Believe in Allah and do good deeds. Allah will guide you through this. May Allah SWT make you and I from those who hear what is said and follow the best of it. Oh Allah, all thanks and praise are due to you until you are pleased with us. And all thanks and praise are due to you if you become pleased with us. Ya Allah, forgive us our sins and accept from us our repentance. Ya Allah, we ask of you Jannah and we seek refuge in you from the hellfire. Oh Allah, please send an abundance of peace and prayers upon Muhammad ﷺ. O you who turns the hearts, keep our hearts steadfast on Iman. Make beloved to us everything that is beloved to you, and make hated to us everything that is hated to you. Ya Allah be with our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Ya Allah be with our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Ya Allah be with our brothers and sisters in the West Bank. Ya Allah we ask that you bring peace and justice to those lands. Ya Allah we ask that you bring peace and justice to those lands. Ya Allah we ask that you use us to bring peace and light and nur to this land. Ya Allah we ask that you use us and that you guide us and you guide this land through us and you make us a means for their guidance. Ya Allah use us to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Gaza and do not let us be a means of increasing their suffering. Wa akhru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin wa aqimissalah. Allahu akbar
0: Allahu akbar La ilaha illallah
1: Strain the rows, fill the gaps Try to make sure that you fill every row all the way to the left Before you go to a new one inshallah Turn your hearts towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And pray as if it's your last chance before he takes you back to meet him Allahu Akbar Bismillahir
2: Rahmanir Rahim, Ilhamdulillahir Abil Alameen,
1: Ar Rahmanir Rahim, Manikiyaw mid deen, Ea canabudu, Ea إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط
2: الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين
1: آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا
2: وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمد الله أكبر Allahhu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar Rahim. مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد الله اكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله اكبر الله اكبر Allah is the